If you've been listening to the show, you know I've been diving into the direct care business model for physicians as a way to rebuild our American healthcare system and end the burnout epidemic. If you're working with us as a planning client, we can help you get clarity on what it takes to get there, keep you accountable, and even give you a bunch of examples of how well this has worked for others. But I know many of you will need more than it. You may need support doing things you've never had to do before, like business planning or marketing or even IT. And I'm sure you could probably use a part. That's what my friends at Freedom Health Works can do for you. They're the complete direct primary care solution for physicians that want to buck the system. They can help you set up and run your own practice with easy financing and support you with the business strategy, hiring guidance, technology setup, client acquisition, and even your website. If you're curious to learn more about them, hit pause, grab your phone right now and save this number. 317-804-1203. That's 317-804-1203. We've also had their CEO on our May 2nd episode one of their current clients on our June 13th episode and a client of ours who just started working with them on our show that aired on July 18th. Make sure and give those shows a listen if you're curious, but if you want to get some questions answered directly, give them a call. They're a great team. And once again, find out more at 317-804-1203 and make sure to tell my you. Welcome to Finance for Physicians, a show where we empower physicians like you to practice medicine the way you always dreamed you would. This podcast features doctors, physicians, and experts that share one main thing in common. We believe having control of our finances leads to having control of our lives. In a world where doctors' lives are often dictated by our needs to maximize income, pay back massive student loans, and buy homes, many of us give up reaching those goals. But it doesn't have to be this way. If you are ready to learn how financial wellness creates happier doctors and patients, then I'm your guy. I'm your host and financial expert, Daniel Wren. Let's get started. Hey guys, hope you're having a great day. We were talking last time, actually the last couple of shows about some of the questions that come up. And in particular, I shared some of the questions people often bring up about existing advisors and getting second opinions and how some of the different arrangements look. And so today I wanted to provide like an example from those that we've we've come across quite a bit. And so this ties into actually some of the families that we work with and their parents' advisor. So I think, you know, a lot of you guys probably listening have parents that are, you know, pretty well off and maybe already work with advisors. And so especially as they start to age, a lot of times that's a, a big concern is like, I want to make sure like my parents are not like getting taken advantage of or something like that. So we have started to see this question come up a lot with the families that we work with, their parents are getting older 
And so they're starting to wonder that if whether or not their parents advisor is taking advantage of them. So I'm going to share an example and hopefully give you some ammo to, to kind of keep a lookout for your parents as well. So I'll use like generic or anonymous information. And I'm kind of thinking about a specific case. But like I said, it happened, it's happened quite a few times where this has come up. So I'll keep it general just to not reveal personal any personal information. But we'll call the clients Josh and Mary. So Josh's parents are getting older and he's, you know, like I was saying, he's, he's starting to get a little concerned about them. They work with an advisor. They've done really well. They have plenty of assets. The concern is not like whether or not they have enough. The concern is actually for him, at least, you know, whether or not they're getting taken advantage of. And so um, his mom, unfortunately, was not doing too well and passed away and ended up that his dad also started to have some memory issues. And I mean, like not necessarily like full on dementia or, you know, complete you know, loss of cognitive ability, but like just some kind of questionable whether or not he's able to manage his own affairs. They have come up and also he's now, you know, responsible for everything. And it's all gotten a little more complicated because his wife passed away recently. So, so they felt like, you know, it, it was a it, probably worthwhile time to like take a look at all of his stuff. So his dad's stuff. And so they talked to us about it and we're like, okay, yeah, I mean, we for sure advocate that. And so here's some, so we gave them some, some pointers of stuff to ask for. So what we suggested was getting, you know, like a, a balance sheet. So kind of a summary of all the assets and all the debts. This example, they didn't have any debts. So it was just all assets. So just start there. Like, let's just start there, get an a, a list of all the assets and kind of like what it actually is. And so we got that back and it was, so they had collectively, they had 15 million of assets. So quite a bit of assets, like I was saying before, plenty to last their entire lifetime. And then some, they had 5 million of those assets were in like properties and stuff like that, illiquid stuff. And then 10 million of it was invested in like some retirement accounts and then some uh, non-retirement accounts. So we saw that and we're like, okay, yeah, we probably ought to, it'd probably be a good idea to look at the, the 10 million a little closer just to see like where it's invested or how it's invested or, you know, what, what's going on with those. So, so they got together some information on, on the 10 million and how it was set up. So this is, so we got that report back and this is where we started to, up to this point, we're like pretty normal. Like they have plenty of assets, but like there's nothing concerning, but we got the information on the investments themselves. And this is where the first red flags started to pop up. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, Ren Financial Planning. Want to hear something cool? My team at Ren Financial Planning has consistently told me that the listeners of this podcast are their favorite people to talk to. Did you know that you can set up a no-cost triage meeting with one of our amazing CFPs at Ren Financial Planning anytime and talk about your biggest financial questions? We can discuss things like considerations for transitioning into practice, getting the best bang for your buck buying a house, the smartest way to pay off student debt, or tips on maximizing your compensation package. 
or maybe you'd love a second set of eyes to help look over your tax return or investment allocations. Maybe you'd just like a general second opinion from your existing advisor. Either way, our role in this meeting will be to listen to your concerns and help you start to identify potential actionable next steps so that you can start to make solid progress addressing those concerns as quickly as possible. Schedule a meeting now. You'll see a link in the show notes. And when you do, make sure to indicate you found us from Finance for Physicians. We look forward to talking to you. Okay, let's get back to our show. So first red flag, we see, okay, well, they have some IRAs, which is pretty normal. Um, But one of the IRAs has a ton of cash in it like $2 million of cash, which is, that's a huge amount of cash for, especially for an IRA, because most of the time you're not taking out huge amounts out of IRAs. Cash, you, you typically hold cash when you need it liquid, like you need to get to it. So it's extremely rare that somebody needs to take out that high of an amount from an IRA. And even if you did, that's gonna trigger a ton of tax. And it's probably not a good move. So that was like a red flag. It's like, why in the world is there that much, like multiple millions of cash in an IRA? That's weird. And then on top of that, like even worse is that that big pool of cash, like, you know, a couple million, roughly maybe two or three million. It was a lot. It was over two million was in like um, in like the brokerage generic cash account. They call it a sweep account, but it's like basically like no interest or very, very low interest cash bearing account. So it's in a basically 0% interest cash account inside an IRA. And that's pretty terrible. I guess there could be some circumstance reason for holding that much cash. So, you know, there's a possibility that there's some reasoning behind that. But I can't come up with any reason for having it be in that low interest bearing option. It's just like throwing away money. And then on top of that, like if that wasn't bad enough, on top of all that, they're paying advisory fees on the cash balance that's terrible it's like terrible inefficient investment it's not even an investment it's just cash but like they're paying someone a a percentage-based fee on that balance to basically like do nothing so that's a that's a huge deal that alone so on top of all that like that's bad but on top of all that the remainder so like call it like seven or eight million of remaining assets was invested pretty high expense in, into pretty high expense mutual funds and had decently high, especially for $10 million or, you know, total of 10, I guess, $10 million had pretty high percentage of advisory fees. So at least in in my view or in my opinion. So the, the advisory fee, like the average for the collective. So I already mentioned like they're charging on the $2 million, two or so million dollars cash. They're, they're also charging on the rest of it. So basically they're charging on the entire $10 million. $10 million. And that's, it's like 1.25% is the, the average across all of it. So that's a hundred, that's like 125,000 a year of advisor fees. And that doesn't even count the high expense mutual funds. That's too much. Like we don't know a ton about, like they, these are parents of clients. So we, we, typically don't know a ton about their circumstances. Like they're going to have their own circumstances and planning considerations, but like, it's not going to take, it's not $125,000 a year type situation. Like they're just kind of like millionaire next door such uh, situation. So that's super high for fees in my opinion. 
and should be could be way less. Add that to the cash inefficiencies that I've I've already talked about. Like that's an, an even bigger cost. So if you have two million dollars, and it's it should be like in today's world at least earning five percent, and it's earning nothing. So that's like one hundred thousand dollars a year on top of the advisory fees of like waste. And really, I would argue that it should be invested probably. And so I'm not going to go into the opportunity cost of not investing, but that's additional percentages on top of what I just talked about. And then, like, I guess the icing on the cake. No, that's not icing. This is like, you know, garbage, I guess. The worst of all, adding insult to injury, there was like a pool of the investments that were in super high expense annuities. So like probably these are really complicated products and very difficult to, we didn't even take the time to dig into the details because we knew it was like overall, like there's a ton of red flags, like they need to change advisors. But anyway, it was, it probably averaged like 3% a year expenses on like probably a little under a million. So we'll say a million of assets. So that's, that's like an extra 30,000 a year of like just kind of extra expenses that are built into it. So we're talking, so all in, we're talking multiple hundreds of thousands of like extra expenses and inefficiencies that are happening for like just a couple, like a relatively normal couple that's done pretty well. I mean, like they have quite a bit of assets, but it's not like, and I don't think they're like ultra unique or, you know, mega wealth, you know, that's probably on the high end for physician families. Like that's probably on the mid to high end of where you would end up in today's world if you had saved what you needed to save. So it's not like a, that's not an insanely high number for a physician family to get to when they're like in your peak wealth years, like say like, you know, right around the time when you're retiring or maybe even later in retirement, if you have more than enough. So it's not an insanely high number and there's just multiple hundreds of thousands a year of, of inefficiencies. So we suggested the client, we're like, you know, they for sure have to need to get like, we would suggest to you to have them get uh, second opinions and, you know, get, get a second set of eyes on this or, you know, a formal second opinion, like from another advisor. So takeaway there, like the moral of the story is like, don't trust advisors. I mean, there's good guys and bad guys. That's how it is in any, any profession. But you got to look out for your parents, especially if they start to have some cognitive decline or as health issues come up. You want to, if you have that relationship with them where you can kind of get a, keep, take a look at it, like it's worthwhile to take a look at it. I gave some, I gave the example today. Those are common things to look out for. Like look out for super high expense products, look out for high expenses, advisory expenses, or high expenses on the investments. Look out for stuff that's like ultra complicated. Like if it's ultra complicated, that's typically, you know, it's not always a problem. It can be a problem. Look out for like really high cash balances. Like those are all like classic warning signs and would be worth digging in a little deeper. So also if you have uh, questions or scenarios, I like talking about scenarios or questions. So I'm happy to poke holes, scenarios or questions that you have. We'd love to do that in another show. As always, good catching up and uh, we'll talk next time. You've been listening to Finance for Physicians. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast player. 
On this show, we believe that when you prioritize your finances, you take better care of yourself, have more fulfilling relationships with your families, and most importantly, provide higher quality care for your patients. If you feel this way too and want to learn more, then make sure to join our community. Follow the Finance for Physicians Facebook group for bonus content and sneak peeks on next week's episode. Thanks for listening.